Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Stare Down. It's another one without Bill. Kill Bill. Where's Bill? I'm not sure what you're saying. I'm, Sh- I'm Sean Carpenter <laughs> in, in Kalispell, Montana. Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and Anthony Malafronti in his usual home office of Tampa, Florida. What's up, boys? Todd, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Um, had, had a nice weekend. Uh, had a uh, spent a lot of time with my daughter, which is always fun. Um, even though she, at her age, in a 24-hour day, I probably saw her for 45 minutes, right? Between <laughs> her running around with her friends. Um, but uh, doing great. So uh, watched, uh, watched my fair share of sports and looking forward to uh, a, a good week coming up. Uh, trying to trying to finish, um, I guess the third quarter is almost over. Well, well, we got another month and a half trying to finish third quarter strong. So now what about you? What's going on? No, it was a it was a laid back weekend around here. I uh, I went to the orthopedic surgeon on Friday and uh, got a cortisone shot in my knee. So I we ended up not being able to play golf on Sunday anyway because it rained so much the course was closed. But I wasn't oh, wow. going to play, so we had a a fairly I basically did what I was told to do by the by the surgeon and just let the the, the cortisone, the steroid shot, like sink into the knee. Um, had a breakfast with the lovely bride on Sunday morning and just pitted around the house, watched a lot of sports, uh, spent a lot of time as we were talking in the green room, just, you know, reaching out to people and, and doing that build relationships, solve problems, have fun thing. And, um, just reaching out. And it's, uh, uh as we talked about, uh, our little team has, uh, has picked up a pretty sizable number of, of referrals uh, since uh, since Thursday or Friday, just from from friends of ours around the country, and it was just kind of nice. Um, so we're uh, uh, sports was fun this weekend. I really enjoyed watching the golf tournament. That was uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with with you guys about that a little bit. I did show some properties a little uh, Sunday afternoon, so I was listening to it. Um, but it was a uh, it was a good weekend, laid back. Uh, how's, uh, how's tropical storm Fred treating you? Is it, is it past? No, it, it didn't really, it got more into the middle of the Gulf and went more towards the panhandle. We had, we had moments of, of some pretty heavy rain, but literally 20, 30 minutes at a time. It wasn't the onslaught that we had thought this next, this next one, whatever her name is, uh, uh, is supposed to hit us a little harder in the middle of the week, but we're going to get hammered tomorrow, Mal. So it's moving quickly, but, uh, Supposed to rain all day tomorrow here, but uh, mm-hmm. flash flooding, but nothing, nothing like you guys have to deal with. So I'll take it. Yeah, it was it was pretty. It was actually a pretty nice weekend. It was a little bit of a breeze. It wasn't too sunny, and like I said, I kind of I kind of kicked back and uh, relaxed a little bit. Spent a little time with Sophia, Greg, and and Clarissa. Uh, Lydia and I went out to breakfast Sunday morning. It was it was a nice laid back weekend. It was pretty nice. There you go. Yeah. And Carp, I know you were traveling out to see mom. Yeah, so I'm, out, I'm up in Northwest Montana in Kalispell, Montana, and um, they could really use some of that rain, guys. If you can send it this way, it, uh, obviously the forest fires in California and Oregon and Idaho are really affecting here. Um, they're calling for some rain tonight, guys, but I'm looking at the radar. The nearest rain I'm sh- showing the radar is seven hours away in Calgary right now. Mm. Um, wow. So yeah, not exactly uh, what we need right now, but um it's it's uh, always beautiful out here. It just 
part of the beauty of, of big sky countries when you can see from one horizon to the other. And when we flew in yesterday, the pilot said we have a one mile visibility um, mm. right now. Um, That's not normal, right? No, normally it's about a 60 mile visibility. Um, now, how far are you from Washington State? Being in so North from Washington North State in a car, probably three and a half hours, because you're going across okay. the panhandle of Idaho, that little bit of uh, Idaho. Idaho's in between, my bad, my bad. Yeah, Idaho's in between. So you got like gotcha. a little, yeah, you got like a little panhandle of the state that you actually go through. Um, well, I showed my ignorance there, didn't I, Sean? <laughs> yeah. Like Spokane is kind of right on the border. So if I just do like to Spokane, I'll, I'll just give you an idea of how far it is to Spokane from where I'm at. 149 miles to Spokane. So it's 200, no, sorry, 240 miles to Spokane. But I think as the crow flies, it'd be much, much closer because you'd be going through. Let me, let me find a spot right across the border. Here, I'll, I'll go Newport, Washington, which is on the border, Todd. Um, yes. Newport, Washington is 125 miles away. Okay. But, it, but it's a three hour and 40 minute drive. So right. Think about that. Yeah, um, look, there's there's the route right there. See, yeah. So not exactly a, a direct route either way. So you have that sliver of Idaho, and then you're in you're in Washington. Okay, exactly. Yeah, yep. the Panhandle of you know most Panhandles go sideways, Texas and yep. Oklahoma. Yeah. So it's a it's beautiful, but it was a long travel out. If you guys read my blog today, it's kind of all perspective, you know. And um, I'd still be driving if I would have left, you know. Uh, if I would have left Columbus yesterday morning, I, you know, I wouldn't have driven 27, 29 straight hours. I would have stopped, dri driven 10, stopped again. It's a two and a half day trip when you come out here to drive. So, but we, we head back on Thursday guys and, uh, and then continue the travel. So let's talk a little sports. How about that? Bill's bill is away. Bill's at the, uh, NAR conference, Anthony, I think in Austin, uh, is he in Austin, Texas, or is he Dallas? Dallas. 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 Okay. So he's away again, um, but let's start. We always start with championships. The only one I can talk about is the Wyndham championship it was won by mm -hmm. Kevin Kisner on Sunday. Uh, Kisner wins his fourth tournament. He's won in 15, 17, 19, and now 21. Uh, as you guys know, he's Kevin's, I'm sorry, my, my son Ryan's favorite uh, player, uh, Kevin Kisner is. Um, he wins the Wyndham championship kind of thrilling fashion. It was a they started early, guys, because of anticipated weather. So I was able to pick up most of the finish on the Sirius app on my phone in the airport. Then on the PGA app, you could watch, like during a slot that actually, when I was boarding the plane, I was able to watch the playoff. But what a finish. Russell Henley leads all three rounds and then misses three putts the last hole to not make the six-man playoff. It would have been a seven-man playoff. Um, Todd, I think you were getting updates from us. Now you, I think, were tuned in at that point in time. Boy, what a finish where no one could – Brandon Grace is the only one of the people that made the playoff to birdie the last hole to get into the playoff. And Henley went from in the playoff to out of the playoff with a bogey. Kisner birdies 16 and 17. Kevin Nod birdies 14, 15, and 17. Um, it was just an all out, you know, amazing. Siwoo Kim shoots 64. Uh, we'll get to Cheshire Hadley in a bit after the discussion. Um, Adam Scott shoots 65. Brandon Grace shoots 65. Roger Sloan shoots 65. 
Kisner shoots 66 and Kevin now shoots 66. Wow. What a, what a tournament. Yeah, I know Mel uh, is going to take over. He watched a lot more than I did, but um, Henley, a lot of focus is on missing that four footer, four footer to not make the playoff, but he just had uh, all day. He just had a bad, um, he led for what? 54 holes. And then, Basically went even on Sunday. He led, he led for 63 holes, I think. And then he 63, yeah, nine, I'm yeah. saying he had the three-day lead, yes. He he could have gone wire to wire, right, which is rare. Um, but he just had one of those, from what I understand, awful Sundays. Couldn't couldn't buy anything. So although everyone's going to remember the missed four-footer, that was kind of a, a microcosm of his day, right? He just he just couldn't get anything going. Now you watched what, what, what say you, I, I listened to some of it and got home to watch the rest of it. Uh, you know, the, the, the kid who makes the hole in one to get in on the number was just right. awesome. That, that was just so fantastic. And I didn't see that live, but I heard it on the radio. Uh, you know, the PGA guys on XM radio and they lost it. They, I mean, they were as excited as he was. And then when you saw the video replay later, how excited he was, you could tell, you knew why the guys on the radio were so excited. That was freaking great. But, uh, you know, the thing that struck me about the playoff is they played that hole 12 times. And then coming down the stretches, you said, Sean, only one person birdied it. They played the hole 12 times. Adam uh, Scott's four feet away and one guy made birdie. Mm. And 12 opportunities. And the first time through, every single guy except for Adam Scott had a terrific up and down. Nobody was close. Yeah. Simu Kim, the, the, the shot that he made from the from the rough where he had to take uh, the drop from the uh, from the uh, from, from the, the grandstand. Yeah. yeah, and he that was a great up and down. Uh, Kisner almost dunks it from thirty five yards. That was an unbelievable shot. Oh my goodness! When Adam Scott's sitting there, Adam Scott sitting there three and a half feet, and here's the thing. Adam Scott had to wait like 17 minutes. He waited mm. a long time. The putt's a long ball. time to think about that putt, right? Yep. Now, did they all six go off in the same? They did. They did. Wow. They did. I was wondering if they broke them up three and three or not. Yeah. Wow. No, and they... Adam Scott was the last guy to hit into the green because he knocked the, he knocked his tee ball way down the fairway. Right. And puts it four feet three inches away and had to wait for every single per the other five guys to get up and down because no one got it inside of him. Hmm. Right. Yeah, so I think after, he, if you think about it, he had to wait for five, 10, 11, he had to wait for 12 other shots to right. be played. Yep. A lot, of, a lot of time to think about a three and a half footer, right? That, and of those 12 shots, the only guy that got inside him was Kisner and he had a tap in and that took a grand total of a couple of seconds for him to tap it in. Every other guy, the putt that Kevin Na made to stay in oh, the playoff. Unbelievable. What a great putt right in the middle. Yeah. Great putt. Uh, so it was fun. Uh, the PGA, to their credit, has had a bunch of really nice uh, multiplayer playoffs over the past couple of months, which have been fun to watch. Yeah. So Kisner wins it with a birdie on the second hole. All, all six of the guys ended up parring after Scott missed a short one. All six of the guys made, made par. And then Kisner, well, Kisner tapped in for his birdie. And then two other guys had had to pick up their coins because they were inside of him. Um, but a big win for Kevin Kisner from Aiken, South Carolina, a Georgia guy, big fan of the Barstool Sports. A lot of the young guys like him because he's on, you know, the uh, four play podcast quite a bit. 
But I'm telling you now, he jumps to number 29 in the FedEx Cup standings. Um, and rightfully so, a lot of Ryder Cup talk now, because obviously Stricker wants the guys that are playing the best right now. I've said, I said in our chat behind the scenes, guys, if Kisner wants to make the team, he's, he he's got to play, right play good in the playoffs. He's got to play good this week and next week, hopefully make the tour championship, you know, in, in Georgia. But he's a, you know, he's a, he's a match play guy, right? I mean, you know, his quote on Barstool is he goes, they said, why are you so, so good at match play? And he said, because I, I only got to beat one fucker, not 125 of them, you know? <laughs> um, and it's, and, you know, he won the Dell match play championship last year. Um, and uh, he's just a gritty guy. He's one of those guys. I think he's a, he's a good locker room guy. Look, we're already going to have enough drama with Brooks and Bryson, let alone Patrick Reed being one of those guys that's being considered on the bubble. Um, that's the last thing the team needs is any extra drama with Mickelson and uh, and Kisner in the in the locker room. That could be good, but you know, once again, let's see what happens. Um, let's go back to Chess and Hadley though, Mal. Because by the way, I think he I think he's he's in. I think Kisner's going to be on there, no matter he's what. Play well in the in the playoffs, but. I mean, I think he's in for, for every if there's a so. guy who could stand up for America as an American, right? America, it's him, right? Do you see he's the head he's wearing at the British Open with the first yeah. round? Yep. 1776 was his hat in the first yep. British Open. So one of the best, one of the best golf quotes ever is that they call him the commissioner, right? A lot of the guys on the league and uh, on the tour call him the commissioner. And he was interviewed on XM radio. Um and they said, what would you do if you'd be the commissioner? He goes, no, they never make me the commissioner. I've messed everything all up. He goes, oh, what would you do? He goes, I'm a firm believer that golf should be played in shorts, listening to music and drinking beers. Nice. <laughs> well, that's what he, he said. He said, I kind of felt comfortable in that playoff because I've played so many times in a sixum playing exactly. off of hole number one. Yep. Uh, the, di the difference is, as people point on Twitter, he also had 12 beers in him, uh, you know, when he does that. But I want to I play this clip, guys. I pulled it up. I want to play this because – I think I shared it with you guys. Did you guys watch the interview with Cheshire Hadley after, Absolutely. Yep. after his round? Mal, did you see it? Did you watch it? I did. Yeah, it's great. I want to play it because Amanda, Amanda always does a good job, right? Yeah, and I think I think the sound will come through on the podcast, but I want to I want to play this because Cheshire Hadley is a is a is a player who's you know I don't think journeyman's the right word because he hasn't been around that long. He's a younger kid, but when you hear his emotions in this, this is a uh, couple minutes so I'll, I'll just play it. i might i might fast forward to the part where they show the hole in one but this guy mal as you as talked about at the at the moment of this interview didn't know he was in he knew right. he was close and this round got him close about an i don't know 20 minutes after this happened justin rose three putts the last hole to to fall out of the contention Number 125 right? bubble boy he's bubble boy just yeah, listen, listen to this you started the week 132, a final round 62 with your very first right. hole in one. Feels like it should be enough. Yep. You got to be proud of yourself after the hard work today. It's uh, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough last few years, and gosh, I'm in a terrible crier. All right, and just to have something good happen today was was special. That was my very first hole in one ever. That is not a joke. I'm 34. I've played pro golf for like 11 years. That was my first one. So it, it was just a treat. You know, this is about as close to home as I get. And I'm kind of, I'm on the outside looking in right now, but I know some things can change. Um, 
But it's just it's just good to feel something good happen because I feel you know, Congaree. Even though I finished second, like it's kind of hard to walk away feeling good about that. So um, it, it's just it just feels great to have something good happen. Honestly, it's been a roller coaster year for you yeah. for sure. Can you describe where that emotion comes from? How hard this game can be, and how much that weighs on you yeah. on a week like this. It's emotional because I care. You know, I'm not, I'm not just out here for fun. This is my job. I not love it. And I care very deeply about it. And that's why I'm emotional. And I'm, I'm about as pretty of a crier as I am as, a, as this leap that you guys are about to see. Hopefully, Amanda can go ahead and bring <laughs> me back to something positive so I can kind of smile a little bit because this is going downhill quick. No, I bet it's good, <laughs> but we did. I just played for you your hole-in-one. We've seen it on there. And how did you describe uh, that jump? It, I, I look like a baby giraffe, like, <laughs> like jumping into the air. Like, and guys... Pro golfers get such a bad rap for us not being athletic, and I promise you, I'm a good athlete. <laughs> but I, I, it's probably going to be hard for you guys to believe that after <laughs> seeing this jump. But anyway. Well, thank you for talking to us. We know this is not easy, but a final round. Guys, what a cool interview, right? I mean, I, like that, the emotion, right? The three of us as fathers, uh, you know, and you just know that guy's out there grinding. Like I said, he, I saw a great tweet. It, that was sharing that that interview and it said all we hear of is john rom and justin thomas and jordan speed and this is the kind of guy that we love the tour for right yeah. todd todd or mel your thoughts you know as i'm sitting there watching that sean you have a son who's in the golf business i have a son who's in the golf business and i, I can speak for dylan he is very passionate about what he does he i mean he truly loves what he does, right? There's something about the game of golf that brings that out in, in a lot of people to see someone who is, and let's say he's a journeyman golfer, right? I mean, he's not the biggest name on the PGA tour to be able to express that emotion is, 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 is pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm very touched that my son and your son are experiencing that, that similar thing. Cause I've said it to you many, many times. I know a lot of people who really love their jobs. I'm talking to two guys who I know like their jobs very, very much. My son is the happiest employed person that I know. We can like our jobs as much as him, but we can't like them any more than him because that's, he gets up every day and loves what he does. And to see someone who's under that kind of pressure, be that emotional about it. It, it speaks a lot for the game, right? It's, it's the best game. Let's just, I love it. I mean, it's a great game. And Amanda Balionis, great question. The way she asked it, how she let him like work through the emotion of it all and, and not cut him off. It was just, it was a great interview. It was terrific. Yeah. What I loved about it is um, we got guys like DJ and uh, um, Brooks that are just so calculated and robotic and it works for them, obviously. Right. And then you have Ram who's fiery. You have, Phil, who's, you know, smiley and thumbs up. This is a guy you never, never gets a spotlight. And when he said, I'm emotional because I care, that's what just absolutely resonated for me. I'm like, there's so many guys out there that are just grinding and trying and he cares. And uh, 
good for him, man. That's awesome. He's the, yeah. you know, just good, cool to hear that, that, that side of the, uh, the pro, I mean, he probably makes enough money. His electricity won't be turned off, but he wants to be relevant and important. And the fact that he gets to play in the FedEx uh, playoffs is huge to him. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. So obviously he's going to, you know, I'm guessing it's probably like, uh, like NASCAR. He's going to be starting that very first group as a threesome, right? Yep. Uh, just make it to the next weekend, right? Northern trust. And it's all about yeah. just, just, just play as good as you can Thursday and try and advance. Right. And uh, yep. cool. so we have Northern trust at Liberty national across the river from Statue of Liberty, um, 125 players, top 70 advanced to the BMW championship, top 30 advanced to the tour championship. So just three legs this year in the tour uh, with the Ryder Ryder Cup, right? And Ryder Cup. uh, Normans of four, you know, there's no, there's no uh, tournament at the uh, TPC in Boston where there usually is. So it goes Northern Trust, BMW tour championship. um, And then, two weeks off before the, uh, the Ryder cup. So should be fun guys. Should be a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll, we'll break down in the next week or so, uh, as we get down into the top 70 and tour championship, because we'll need to start talking Ryder cup. Hey, Sean, I know we're golf heavy and we probably need to move on, but, um, I sent you all that text, Tommy Fleetwood lost his tour card. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Him and, uh, on Ben on, uh, uh, Asian player and, a couple other names that you're familiar with, but Tommy Fleetwood was the, that's the huge surprise, right? Yep. Well, and you know, him and Justin Rose not making the turn the, the, the playoffs and Ricky, Justin Rose and Tommy, they'll get sponsors exemptions. They'll get right. you know, Rose, right. Rose. Remember he won the U S open. So he'll, you know, he's finished top five masters. So he, he's kind of set, you know, he's, he's a Ryder cup player. So that has some, some exemptions. Um, Fleetwood Ryder cup player that has some exemptions. But yeah, it's, it is weird when you see some of those big names. But once again, some of those big names got to slide out so that a, a young Jordan yeah. Spieth or a, a Justin Thomas or a, or maybe a Cheston Hadley, you know, um, can slide up. So yep. Um, did you watch any any of the uh, U.S. Amateur Mal at Oakmont? I did. I did. That uh, that uh, that greaser kid Sally's from Ohio. He won the Ohio Amateur by twelve strokes this year. Wow. Yeah, and plays for North Carolina, and he. Just kind of got got dusted on the back nine. He had a two-stroke. He was two up at the turn after 27 holes and lost four holes in a row. And, man, when you're up two in match play and you're quickly down, I think he was up three at the turn. And then he went, lost 10, lost 11, lost 12, lost 13. When you go from three up to one down, um, that's a that's a mom- momentum shift like you wouldn't mm. believe, right? You, you saw the, the – um the look on both their faces. Uh, one went from uh, uh, confident to to not so, and and the other kid, the kid who won, Payat, I guess is how you say his name. He just gained more and more confidence with every swing. Uh, you could just you could see the shift right in front of your face. Uh, and the, the poor kid from Ohio, he made a couple of probably uh, suspect decisions coming in you know things that i maybe if he looks at it he might want to do them differently i you know he had uh uh he he lost his his um his distance control on his putts the last four or five holes he just really didn't hit balls close to the hole uh with his putts i mean he three putted to lose the first hole that he lost and and did not do very well putting wise 
coming down, coming down the stretch. And the kid who won made a couple of clutch putts. Yep. Well, the kid was an underdog and they both make it to the masters. They both make it to the U S open. Um, Greaser, obviously, you know, has won a bunch of tournaments. He'll be, but good for this Piot kid. Um, always a cool event. All right, let's go baseball because I'm talking to two guys whose teams are in first place. We'll start in the American League. Uh, Tampa, three-game lead. Chicago, 10-game lead. Houston, two-and-a-half-game lead. But, Mal, Rays are playing good. They just picked up. I think they just signed some guy that played in the Olympics. Um, a pitcher, maybe? Rob Robinson? Yes, yes, they did. Uh, you know, they, they're, they have a two-game losing streak, and they're still up three games. Uh, they uh, Their run differential is still, like, I think, plus 113, 114, something like that. Uh, they're, uh, they're a scrappy bunch. The Yankees, you know, uh, they're, they're trying to make something happen. Uh, but the, the Rays look like the team to beat, uh, in the American league East, um, with the little pitching, they, they just may make another run like we saw last year. Uh, again, I think the Rays kind of love that position of being a team that if they make it into the playoffs, the rest of the country is going to need, need to buy a program. Yeah. Um, because there's no, there's no stars on the team. There's no, even a Freddie Freeman or, a, you know, I mean, there's just no one that, that, you know, I mean, who was their, who was their AL, who's their all-star representative? That's you. Yeah. Zanino? Yeah. He hit a home run in the all-star game. It was the only guy. Yeah. Ex-Gator. Isn't he a Gator? Yeah. 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 He was, and he's batting like, like 214 and he made the all-star game. Wow. And he had a home run in the All-Star game. I mean, they 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 don't have a big name. And I don't know if you saw the game yesterday. Austin Meadows didn't hustle over in left field to get in front of a ball and it got by him. And Kevin Cash lit him up today in the paper. And that's what's one of their stars. And Meadows said all the right things. He said, you know, that, that's 100 the, the skipper's 100% right. Now, I let my team down and it won't happen again. You know, we got to do this as a group. And I made a bad play. And it may have cost us a game. You know, it's interesting, Mal, when you say like, oh, it's just one game or whatever. Justin Rose can look back at how many putts this year that cost him the one point right. to not make the playoffs. Yep. Guaranteed money. You know, think about that. So, yeah. Uh, other side of the, 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 uh, the bracket, Todd, your Atlanta Braves. Struggling in mediocrity, literally at 500 all season. Um, they have won three in a row. They are one game up over the Phillies. Uh, the Mets continue to, to space that out. So now it's really a two horse race. Um, Milwaukee, eight game lead, San Francisco Giants, four game lead, the Dodgers and the Padres battling for the wild card. But talk about your Bravos. Man, uh, put a clock on me. So I think this, <laughs> by the way, what a finish, what, what, a, what a play by your third baseman the other day to finish the game. Wow. Austin Riley. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a sleeper MVP candidate. It's, he, it's nuts. So uh, I think they're one of the hottest teams in baseball, right? Um, they've won, I want to say 10 of the last 12 um, schedule is very favorable. They're doing what they should do. They're beating up on teams. They should, but they made huge moves at the trade deadline and added good pieces. Um, and they have guys like Travis Darno coming back from injury. Uh, Huskar uh, White. God, I, I had such a hard time with his name. Um, Wainoa, who's Carly, he, he was just killing it. And then he broke his hand because he, uh, he, he punched a bench in May. So he's coming back. 
Uh, lesson learned. I doubt he'll do that again. But <laughs> these guys, uh, they're up 12-2 tonight against the, the Marlins. So um, things are going well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heavy on the Braves right now, especially with the schedule and what's going on. But Mal and Sean, I'll argue right now, and I actually took notes, which I rarely do. If you saw my GPA in high school and college, you know I never took notes. Um, but I would argue the Braves have the best infield in Major League Baseball. Um, so Freddie Freeman at first, and I'm going to go average home runs and RBIs, right? I'll forget about that OPS stat that I really don't understand. But <laughs> 290, 25 home runs, 65 RBIs. Ozzie Albies at second, 260, 22 home runs, 80 RBIs. Dansby Swanson shortstop, 265, 24 home runs, 70 RBIs. And Austin Riley, again, the sleeper MVP in the league, 293, 25 home runs, 72 RBIs. That's the everyday starting infield for the Braves. I mean, they are absolutely raking. And they don't commit many errors, knock on wood. Uh, it's and, and they are Dans, Dansby Swanson? Yes. Hard it's like Babe Ruth yep. this week. He's raking. Yes. Yes. Some shots. So I mean, he, Ozzie Albies hit four home runs in four games, only to be trumped by Dansby, who did the same thing. Um, I mean, those guys are just raking, I guess, you know, is the is the uh, vote in vogue term. Uh, but I mean, Freddie, when Freddie's your quiet of the infielders, uh, you got a pretty good infield, right? It's it's nuts. So um, yeah. But the other night they hit all of them hit monster home runs. They were not cheapies. They were rocket ships, all of them. Uh, By the way, they Adam Adam Duvall. They added Adam Duvall. Right. He's not afraid to to launch it in the upper deck, which he did tonight. It's it's and he did it the other night too. He had a home yeah. run the other night. As soon as he hit it, it was like holy cow. And, and the bullpen um, is settling down. Um, yeah, it's just wow. I'm heavy on the Braves, but I'm also a homer, so I'm a little a little nervous. But uh, I think they're they're peaking at the right time. You know, right? Coming. You so want to. So Todd, the only one is the hardest month, right? The, the only well one, just because I watched them last night, the only one I might say that can match you is the Dodgers yeah. right now. Oh, sure. Yeah. Max Muncie, Trey Turner, uh, Justin Turner at third, and Corey Seager at short. Okay. <laughs> it's a valid, it's a valid uh argument, right? Pretty yeah. good. I and mean, they were I, I just watched, you know, I had the game on here. Didn't really, you know, it was just on the background kind of as I was doing stuff for, for our Lost Lyrics show. Uh, but, man, that but you, Dansby Swanson, I, I mean, this is the kid, Todd, that, you know, this is going to sound hyperbole, but 15 years from now, if we're doing this podcast, we're going to be like, God, remember Dansby Swanson been in the league forever. It's, it's like yeah. Derek Jeter, though. I mean, Derek Jeter was in the league forever, right? And because you saw him, I mean, Dansby Swanson's in his second year, right? He played at Vandy, and... You is know. it only second? I it's would, only second year. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what's funny is you played at Bandy, but um and he, see that's my point, Todd, is you're already thinking he's been there for four or five years, right? Yeah. And he came up with Ozzy Albies, which is kind of fun. Like they they uh you know the on Twitter they do the then and now comparison, yep. right? They do then with Ozzy and Dansby at double A Mississippi, right? And now they're both they have uh 22 and and, and 24 home runs you know uh between them and, and 150 rbis between them it's crazy so yeah. it's a, it's a rootable team right it's a it's an easy team to root for um especially for me since i've been rooting for them since 
what, 82, 81, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Oakland and Boston in the uh, driver's seat in the uh, east. Uh, the kid from Cleveland had a perfect game going into the ninth, uh, or lost in the eighth, I think, last eight and two-thirds maybe. Uh, Didn't we have a perfect game or no, a no-hitter this week? Uh, first career start? Oh, yeah, the kid from uh, Arizona. Arizona, parents, yeah. first career in the stands. start. Unbelievable. Was parents he, in the stands? Or is he called up from – from minor leagues, do you know the backstory or I, I don't. Bill might, yeah, but that he was, was a relief pitcher. Okay, so he's in the pen and they had it was in the pen and they needed a starter and they put him in the game and he pitched no hitter. And you see the reaction from his dad. I mean, that was yeah. so you haven't look it up. It's so cool. His dad was just going nuts. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, can you imagine like Todd when 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 you know when when Scotty would make a good pass in lacrosse, he'd be fired up, you know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. You know, so. yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. One thing, by the way, guys, I'm no the time of year, Julie baseball game. Yeah. The time of year where you guys just probably, when you're flipping through the channels, you kind of just stop on it. Little League World Series, man. Watch these little kids. I don't care what team it is, if it's Northern California, Southern California, Washington, Oregon, Ohio, Michigan. It's just when you watch these little kids and you hear them talking, and we were watching, Ron and I were watching in Mississippi the other night. Uh, I think it was a little kid from Montana or might have been New England or whatever, but. You know, he couldn't get any outs. But the, the pitcher had the coach had nowhere else, no one else to put on the mound. And you see these kids like pitching through tears, you know, and you're like, come on, coach, just pull the kid out, put somebody else in. But it's just so cool to watch the Little League World Series. Uh and that's so that'll be coming up this week. Now, obviously, with COVID, 16 teams heading to Williamsport, all of the United States this year. Uh right. no, no, no international teams, right? No international yep. teams. So you see, you see the video of the kid from Hawaii? No. He, he has a six-fingered glove, and he's a switch pitcher. His name is Tyler Shindo. Are you go right and left? He throws the ball, and he's good from right-handed and left-handed. He now, can he switch in, in the middle of a batter, or he has he, to? He can, he can take – he's got a six-fingered glove. So he can literally take the glove off his right hand, put it on his left hand, and throw with his right hand or put it back on – his left hand and throw with his right hand. But I'm asking, rule-wise, can he switch? Yes, you can do that. In between, at the same batter. Oh, yeah. Pull yep. Wow. Yep. And he and he's he's done it. Uh, it's amazing to watch. There's a it's on ESPN. You can find the video. Okay. But he throws with both hands and he's good. So he'll be in Williamsport. That's yep. cool. Well, if if Hawaii gets through. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um, all right, guys, that's really all the major sports we got going on. Um, NFL, just putting this out there. September 9th is the first game that counts. But did you guys see anything in preseason? Todd, I will hat tip to your Atlanta Falcons, the first team to be 100% vaccinated. So I'll I love that story. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Uh, I didn't even know. Shame on me. Felipe Franks is apparently playing for the Falcons, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he had a really big run. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of fun to watch. I hope he makes the squad. Yeah, that'd be great. So okay. Um, Tampa Bay hosts Dallas on September 9th. That's the opening night game of yep. the Thursday NFL night football right? season. So we'll we'll talk more about that as we get closer. Um, obviously, guys. Any story that people can find in, in preseason is just magnified and talked about, you know, Tebow missed a block 
and you know it's it's the worst thing ever um but you know preseason i i wouldn't i wouldn't hold too much stock in it right um we we didn't get to it last week guys but i, I do want to bring it up bobby bowden passed away last last week uh been getting lots of love from not just florida state fans of which todd and i are not uh, but really all of college football is just recognizing this guy for the leader he was and what he did with that program. You know, Todd, when you were a little kid, Florida State was, you know, an independent, playing anybody they could just to get credibility. I remember I remember watching Ohio, Ohio State welcome Florida State into the shoe back in the early, late 70s probably. Um, you know, they, were, they were UCF but won two legitimate national championships, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they played anybody at anywhere. They played Florida yep. State. They played Michigan. They played, you know, any any team they could get on their schedule. Um, so to see to see him go down, uh, Todd, is there any soccer to update? I, I think some. I think the EPL season started. There was a big upset of a team that had never won in seventy four years or something like that. Yeah. So EPL started this last uh, Friday. Was the the game one? Um, First of all, so great to see uh, full stands and hearing the uh, the fans in, in full voice, right? Uh, chanting and chanting. So I think you're referring to um, Brentford, the Bees. They have not been in the Premier League in 74 years. I think 1947 was their last Premier League game. Um, and don't quote me, but I believe I heard that the last goal scorer who's in his nineties was in attendance at the Brentford game. Right. Which is, that's which is, cool. Yeah. Really cool. And if I'm that's wrong, great. please don't tell me cause I want to believe that's true. Um, but Brentford beat Arsenal, right? Arsenal's a, uh, they haven't been in the top four the last four or five seasons, but a perennial top 16. Um, so just to see this, this uh, team win again for the first time in 74 years. And, uh, as Beatles fans as we all are, they're when they start the game and finish the game, especially in the wind, they'll play Hey Jude. So everyone's in full voice singing na 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 instead of Hey nice. Jude, Brent Ford, right? Brent Ford. And so I I actually got sick of it. Like they played it for like three minutes straight. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> starting to get annoying. But so great, uh, great story for them. Um, Tottenham, uh, arguably the best player in the Premier League. Harry Kane is unsigned. Actually, he's signed, but he's holding out. Uh, they don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, but Tottenham upset Manchester City, uh, which is, again, the defending champs and the uh, odds-on favorites to win it all. Uh, Liverpool rolled. They beat Crystal Palace three nothing. Um, looking at the table, there were ten teams that won and ten teams that lost. So there were no draws. And, wow which is pretty weird statistically right you'd think they would have been a draw somewhere so early yet they play uh what 38 games uh it's game one but um i love it get excited epl's fun wake up at 7 30 on saturday and uh while you're drinking your coffee mal i know you always got your uh your ipad out you're at the you know on the pool deck uh yep. hanging your terriers and, and and enjoying soccer it's fun Yep, I, I enjoyed this this Saturday morning. It was a beautiful morning in Tampa, and me and the and the two boys, the two pups, hung out in the on the back patio, 
a nice cup of coffee, a few handwritten notes, watching a soccer game. It was pretty good. It was a nice yep. way to start the weekend. So was there anything else awesome. I missed? We missed the Bobby Bowden last week. Was there anything else in sports let's, that I missed? Let's talk a little bit about the Field of Dreams game, Sean. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. How do we forget that? Yep. That's, uh, you know, baseball proved a lot uh, on Monday night. Uh, it could have been real tacky. It could have been really uh, kind of hokey. But they, uh, you know, the especially the beginning of the game, they did it so well. And it was the most watched baseball game in the last 16 years, uh, which says a lot. Uh, and it got me thinking. I'd love to know what you guys think about this. Uh, um, you know, early on in the game, there was very little spoken, right? Guys walked out of the corn. Kevin Costner couldn't have been any more dramatic, just walking through the corn, tossing the ball back and forth in his hand stopping in the middle of the outfield and kind of looking a little bit with the music playing and all that. It was, it was really, really well done. I got goosebumps. And then as all of the players walked out the way they, you know, who walked over and shook the Costner's hand and such. Uh, but it struck me that the game still is too long and mm. maybe baseball would be better off figuring out a way to cut a half hour out of the game. Three minutes doesn't matter. I mean, cutting three minutes out of a baseball game doesn't do anything. Figuring out a way to shorten the game by a half hour, 45 yeah. minutes, putting less commercials, putting less of an impact on TV revenue, hmm. putting games more in prime time, putting games more when kids can watch it at a shorter time. And I bet they would grow the game and make up the money that they don't get from the TV revenue that they get now, because it struck me how that old school game that we watched on Monday uh, didn't, it, it, it could be that way all the time, I guess is what I'm saying. It could be exactly that way. And we've, uh, baseball makes a lot of money. Those teams are very, very rich and they all have great TV contracts. I mean, even the Rays who have, you know, they don't have many people coming to the stands, but they have a great TV contract. You know, a lot of people watch the Rays here in, in Florida. Um, and I, I'd love to see the game get back to its roots a little bit. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I mean, I think they're taking strides, right, with the doubleheader, seven innings, um, put, a, put a runner on second for extra innings. But that's all – double headers and extra inning stuff. I mean, now you, you hit it on the head. It's revenue. They're not going to take commercials away. Right. It's, it's, it, we're here to make money. Um, that's one thing my, my, my father always told me. And, and I thought he was a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, too practical, but he goes, the only reason sports exist is to make money. That's the, it's nice that you're entertained, but, those guys are just going to make money. So how do you shorten a game? Um, you know, relievers have to have a minimum of three batters now. I mean, remember before where, um, you know, you could uh, have unlimited uh, relief pitchers. Right. The league is quicker than the American league because um, pitchers swing and the outs are quicker. So maybe get rid of the DH. That, that'll speed things up. But the American league will never do that. 
so yeah, in theory, it's a, it's a great thought. I just don't understand how in practice it'll ever happen. Well, yeah. if, if they took 30 seconds off of the commercial time in between half innings, they cut a half hour out of the game. How much money is that 30 second commercial mail? I don't know. A million? I'm, 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 well, my point is, I think 30 minutes less commercials, right? 10 30 second commercials. Shorten the game, put the game more in prime time where kids can watch the game as opposed to it being, you know, at, at, at God awful hours. And, and I think they would make up whatever revenue they lost or they come close by growing their fan base again, because they're losing the fan base right now. So what you're going to, and Sean, I'll let you jump in, but so what's going to have to happen is, is the major league baseball uniforms are going to have to start looking like the premier league soccer uniforms with Manchester United having play across the front instead of Manchester United. Right. The only way you're going to do this is to, to make up advertising money. Um, right. And your point's well taken. Uh, Premier League soccer games are, you know, two and a half hours. They have two 45-minute periods, and the advertising is on every chest of every soccer player. So, mm-hmm. if it said, um, I don't know. Well, Todd, you're right. Your sponsor, what, right? What it boils down to is Lexus becomes one of right. the four major sponsors of the Yankees, let's say. Yep. And they they get four of the four commercials breaks and they get the hats and they get and the, the jersey or something, yep. or something yep. you know, whatever. They get the, they get the, you know, it, I mean, guys, listen, listen to an old school baseball game on the radio or a college football game. When Mick Hubert says, and we're now in the Coors Light second half and the play of the game was the, you know, hot dog of the week from, you know, whatever. Um, it's the Golden Flakes play of the game. It's the, you know, it's the branded. What's the, what's the lumber company, Sean? The uh, little yellow tag? Oh, uh, 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 yeah. Right? I you're talking, yeah. 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 Believe you me, you don't want it. The so. hot tubs. Yeah. The hot tubs. The, yeah. So good. Now, no, good Phil, point. Phil Mushnick. I'm sorry, Sean. I just, I, I thought the, 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 the game was fun. I hope they can make that, you know, my brother, I shared with you, my brother's text, you know, it looks yeah. like MLB has found something to, to compete with NHL's outdoor game because it was neat. I think the players liked it. The, the bullpens were literally out in the cornfield. Um, obviously, you know, Iowa stepped up tickets went for $8,000, you know, right. You know, on the open market, um, you know, maybe they could do, more for the local fans and, and, you know, instead of letting, you know, I mean, obviously guys, it makes sense, you know, kind of, kind of the way NHL has done it. Cubs versus Cardinals right there in Iowa would be cool. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the twins versus the Royals. Um, there's enough regional stuff there. You don't need to have the angels and the Red Sox play there, you know, couldn't be further from those two bases. Um, but I, I think it was a neat, thing i think obviously next year the players walking out of the corn it loses its luster right so that's the one thing that you know the one and done you could see it happening but it was neat i thought the way fox you know the joe buck with his bow tie and smoltz with his, Smolty, his yeah. hat yeah. and suspenders you know it was it was kind of neat it was um it was a neat 
well done thing, but you're right. It, it, the game itself, a lot of hits, but what was it? A three and a half hour telecast now? It was, it was a long game. It was a very long game. Six, it, uh, however many millions of people watched the most watched game is 16 years, but the, the number of people who saw the end of the game wasn't as great as the people who saw the beginning of the game. It, they lost fan. They lost viewership over the course of the game. Uh, and they missed I, I fell asleep and woke up and I saw that he hit that two run home run to win it. Yeah. I, yeah so uh, it was good. I, I think it was a success. They need to write it for the next five years until it gets stale and they'll, then they'll do something else. Right. MLB did a great job producing the game. Uh, it was, you know, the, the, uh, we joked a little bit, but you know, the, the drone footage of the corn and this and that, and when they drove the corn, when they drove the drone through the house, through the window. Yeah. Oh my I mean, God. It's awesome. That was, that was very, I mean, they did a lot of really good things. It was a great production, but it's the game just needs to be shortened by a half hour and they need to grow the, they need, baseball needs to grow its fan base. They need to grow it with young kids. And uh, hey, boomer, no. say, get off my yard. Mel. <laughs> my yard. <laughs> I hear you. I just think money drives it, right? That's why, unless the uh, uniforms change to Chevrolet and Popeyes. Well, I, ju I just sent you guys an article that Phil Mushnick wrote in the, uh, the New York Post on Sunday about, and the title of the article is Marketing Sludge Sully's M Marketing Sludge Sully's. MLB's Field of Dreams game. And it's it's an interesting take on the the subtle new era caps that were worn and the Nike this and that. So there were there were logos on all of the old school uniforms even in this game, right? And his take on it you know, is is maybe a little over the top, but it it drives the point home. I'm curious when you read it. I'm curious to know what you guys think of it. Uh, I'll end with this. Arsenal's uniforms has fly emirates on the front and they have a patch on the side, visit Rwanda. Literally, mm -hmm. you look at it. I mean, so they're every opportunity to advertise they do. And that's why you have un uninterrupted uh, first half coverage. Richmond had Dubai Airlines, but it got taped over because... Great segue, Richmond. Sean. AFC Richmond. AFC Richmond. <laughs> great, great segue. Maybe Ted the Lasso. best... Right. Ted Lasso, the best Christmas classic in August, half hour ever. Yeah, it was good. It was so good. As, as much as I felt one and two were forced, episodes three and four remind me why I love the show. Oh, and, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, as soon as I watched the fourth episode, I, I watched it again. <laughs> Did you? I love it. I watched yeah, it twice. It was so good. Roy is spectacular <laughs> so good spectacular so, it was great right the cards with the little girl standing in front of the kid who met the whole thing was fantastic yeah, yeah. I, it was just a great television yeah. show the, the, and the, the nerf gun fight at higgins house oh uh, you know so good everything at higgins house was awesome yeah every single moment of that little christmas party was fantastic. Yeah, with it, with it, with the middle, the middle kid watching the girl. Just oh yeah, so it was, funny. It was just uh, classic. And 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 Led Tasso has to make a repeat appearance this season, please. Yeah, yeah, probably will. That was probably great. Will. 
Hey, let's go around the horn. Mal, what do you got coming up this week? You had a good week uh, leading we, in. We have, we, we're going to, we have a very busy week. Uh, I have a, a walkthrough. Uh, tomorrow I meet with our, our, our lender. We're going to put a couple of marketing programs in place. Uh, we don't get the opportunity to meet with Jane Floyd at NFM Lending very much. So we're going to have a breakfast tomorrow morning and, and knock some things out. And then uh, Wednesday, have a walkthrough for some great clients whose new build is finally finished out in uh, Pasco County. So we'll do their final walkthrough, which is always exciting to watch people see their brand new home for the first time. Thursday, another walkthrough for more Jersey clients who bought a, a beautiful home. Uh, we'll do their walkthrough and close for them on Friday. Uh, and as I, I mentioned to you guys, we have uh, six or six new uh, referrals that have come in since Thursday. So we'll begin the process of getting those people acclimated and, and getting, getting the things in place that we need to help them do what they uh, want to get accomplished down here in Tampa. So it's, it's going to be a good week and I get to do it in shorts and Crocs and uh, <laughs> I, I can't complain. And then the end of the week, my buddy, Sean Carpenter comes back into Tampa for uh, three days uh, in, uh, in Orlando. So it's, uh, it's going to be a terrific week. I'm looking forward to every minute of it. Awesome. Top D, what about you, bud? So business as usual for me work-wise, um, but I will challenge you boys who every day send uh, notes, right? Handwritten notes um, or emails or likes on social media. Um, and I'm selfish in asking this, but uh, tomorrow or this week, focus on those who have served, right? Make it a point to, uh, to, to contact those and, and just thank them. Um, with what's going on with uh, the world today. Um, it, it's heartbreaking uh, for some of those who feel like they sacrifice so much. Um, so we need to give them an attaboy, girl, and, and, and lift them up. So that's what I'm gonna ask you guys to do that, uh, to do that. So other than that, looking forward to a good work week and um, looking forward to watching uh, a lot of sports between now and, and next week when we talk. Awesome. Guys, I'm, I'm going to fly home on uh, Thursday, Friday, do some coaching, play a little golf on Friday afternoon. It's our, our course hosts the third leg of the web.com or the Corn Ferry playoffs. So the nice. Nationwide Children's Charity. So our Scarlet course, last tee time, tea, the first tee closes at five o'clock on Friday. So I have a 142 tee time with, uh, you guys know, Dave Dillenschneider, our Notre Dame correspondent. Uh, his brother and his sister and brother-in-law are going to play with me and Kevin. Um, so the course should be in great shape. Um, my guess is Mal, the uh, greens will be a little slow because they won't, they'll be afraid to cut them down until the weekend mm -hmm. tournament. Um, but rough will be up. Fairways will be running fast. So that'll be fun. And then a couple more tee times over the weekend. And then as you said, Mal, I fly down Sunday evening, uh, kind of a nice time, get in, you know, evening time, sit by the, the pool with a couple beers, and then figure out what we want to do on Monday over to Tampa or over to Orlando, maybe, you know, sleep in or, or get up early and play a little, little golf somewhere between Tampa and Orlando. Um, but looking forward to it, guys. It's uh, going to be a good week. We're that much closer, Todd. We're starting to see, you know, videos and, and stories out of colleges around the country on starting quarterbacks and, you know, play. And um, we're not, we're not far away. Got to be really mm. fun. And you guys got, the first place Braves and Tampa Bay Rays to worry about. So 
on behalf of Bill, who's out away on assignment, maybe we'll get him back next week, and Todd Meininger and Anthony Malafronte, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to The Stare Down.